100 Eastern Time, and you know what that means. Your favorite virtual bar on the air is open for business. That is the Green Dragon Tavern, and it is time after two weeks to reconvene the meeting of the Sons of Liberty on air. And man, oh man, do we have a lot to talk about tonight. Uh, been away for two weeks and, uh, the successful, wildly successful training mission out in Washington state. So we got a lot to talk about with that. And, uh, we're going to be talking about and, and breaking down some things about, uh, Randy Weaver and a little bit of a, a tribute to him and uh, going a little bit more in depth, I talked about it in the uh, earlier episode, episode 156 today, and uh, we're going to be diving into it quite a bit more tonight live on the air. We're going to be talking about, of course, the continuing meltdown of the supply chain and the revelations, the photos of baby formula in stock at a uh, at a camp for illegals down in Texas, and this is, of course, while our own shelves are bare, as uh, parents across the nation are kind of reeling from supply chain shortage as it has hit uh, baby formula. Uh, so, big deal. Uh, a lot to be talking about, a lot to get, um, you know, going here on the air. And, of course, uh, I am joined by my very good friend, fellow trainer, and a guy who was wide awake in the Patriot community back in the 90s, Mr. J.C. Dodge. What's up, brother? Not a whole lot. Just <clears throat> living the dream as usual. Preparing for the rest of it. Yeah. Well, they so, nightmares are dreams too. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's a, it's a matter of perspective. It's a matter of perspective. Yep. Um, you know the the warning signs are there, man. All of the warning signs are flashing. Uh, you know, we we've got the beginnings of the global economic meltdown that are coming to a head. Um, there is going, there's absolutely 100% going to be a war in Colombia. Um, that is coming in. I'm going to be diving more into that. I'm going to write a piece where I am breaking that down step by step by step, exactly what is going on there because that one is going to go hot and heavy. And when it does, it's going to be bad. If people in the borderland think that it's bad right now with with the people coming over, just wait till the migrant machine gets kicked kicked into high gear because of a war going on in Colombia. I mean, that that's going to yeah, open because the- they're running away from something not being pushed pushed by them, but they're running away from it. 
right. Right. Yeah, it, it's it's going to get ugly in a hurry. So with the, the supply chain shortages that we're already experiencing, and we're just on the tip of the iceberg with that as well, man, this, this is a, this is a recipe for just bad stuff all around, just bad stuff. But, um, you know, we, we can talk about that. We've, of course, we've got several hours to be talking about that, but I, I really want to dive deeper into Randy Weaver. And, you know, you were very cognizant of all of that at the time that, that all that happened. And, you know, I was a very small child when that went down. Um, I do remember it in the early 1990s. I, I was I but I, I was very, very small and um, I was a lot more aware of the, the bigger picture when Waco happened. Um, so, you know, and, and kind of got a feeling even then that something was not right. Uh, something was, was not, was amiss with, with all this. Um, you know, it's unfortunately if, if, uh, you didn't catch uh, today's episode of, of Radio Contra, uh, Randy Weaver, who was the, um, target of a federal indictment and then an arrest warrant for failure to appear in federal district court um, and answer the charges that he was uh, charged with allegedly modifying a shotgun to become an AOW or in any other weapon. Um, and, and there's, there's a lot we're going to dive into with that. But uh, unfortunately, you know, that led to the the infamous uh, Ruby Ridge standoff where he lost uh, his two sons and his wife. And, um, you know, it really um, it's it's you know, it, it, it it's it's an interesting story for all the wrong reasons. And it is it is kind of the. I'm not going to say the first indication of, of some major uh, governmental corruption that was going on uh, and perversions of justice that was going on, the coercive methods uh, that was being utilized and, and turned against the American people. A lot of the same stuff that, that the FBI had done um, to the, uh, the Sicilian mob and then, of course, to the Weather Underground um, you know, and, and working against uh, students for democratic society and, and kind of had the left in, in its sight. They started turning that on to the Patriots. They started turning that on to conservatives and, you know, Operation PatCon got kicked off after that. And they were looking for uh, specifically informants that they could use and, and we're trying to turn more and more informants. And that kind of kicked off the, uh, the very interesting times of the 1990s that uh, predated the internet, you know, as, as we know it today. So, um, man, you know, Weaver's Weaver's case is just a, a wild one. Talk me through what was going on back then. And, and really like your, your perspective how you took all that and just top to bottom, man. Well, 
everybody kind of learned about it. Like you said, there was no real internet. Um, the first, the first story I heard about it was a white supremacist standoff in Idaho, in the in the white supremacy uh, bastion of Idaho is how they they portrayed it. And uh, of course, you know, <clears throat> we had had uh, the eighty nine gun ban by Bush on the uh, weapons or firearms coming into the U.S. being banned and then they were talking about some other stuff and um, at that point uh, you know let's see 92 it was that was end of August 92 so um, that would have been I think um, if Clinton had, had won, no, Clinton was getting ready. It was getting ready for the election. It was leading up to the election of ninety two, I believe. Yeah. So you know that was everybody was kind of geared towards that. Most of us were like, "There's no way in hell we're voting for Bush." You know, a lot of us voted for Perot just just because we weren't going to vote for somebody like Clinton, but we weren't going to vote for a known liar like Bush. You know, read my lips, no new taxes. You know, he had he had uh, instituted um, some gun bans, uh, one right. big one, and and some other stuff. So <clears throat> everybody's looking at it like all this stuff is coming to a head, and then that when it when it came out because i'll tell you and it's funny because you and i've had these conversations about soldier fortune magazine they were one of the first uh places that broke the story and put it out to people in in uh quickly uh as quickly as possible for a monthly magazine um you know put out what 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 had happened uh because they had had uh one or two guys that um, did some articles on it. And I remember reading those. The more I read, the matter I got. Um, <clears throat> you know, the whole story about Lon Horiuchi shooting Vicki Weaver. Um, and then that bastard ended up at, at Waco in a bunker as well. Yep. Uh, looking at targets. And supposedly there was empty brass found in that bunker after, the, after everything was said and done. But, uh, yeah, that was really the, the big shots fired incident that, that put a fire under a lot of us to, it's like, Hey, this isn't just, um, this isn't, it isn't just a game. It's not just a, let's, let's talk about scenarios. This is, this really happened. And, and the one, one of the lessons I learned from it was, Hey, you know what? If you're an island under yourself, you, you only have like one or two adults that can really do anything with security and stuff like that. You're screwed. You're, you really are. When when you have the force of the U.S. government coming down, and when, I mean, you know, yeah. they, they shot the boy's dog. He ended up shooting, shooting the marshal that shot his dog, if I remember correctly. He took off running up the hill hollering for his dad. Marshall shot him in the back, um, and uh, I mean, it's just, you know, they killed a kid, 
They killed a mother holding her child. Uh, shot uh, Randy's friend. Um, and, uh, of course, <laughs> Bo Greitz was kind of, uh, if I remember correctly, he was kind of taking, uh, I think he took some credit for, for talking him out of there. Um, I think it was, I think it was Greitz that was, had, had gone in and talked to him some and, and took some credit for that. Yeah. For getting him yeah. That, that, that was Bo Greitz. Yeah. And, uh. But it just, like I said, they had, they had all these uh, National Guard armored vehicles uh, blocking roadways and all, and people because especially people in the area, you know, they were showing up and they're like, "What the hell are you guys doing here?" And um, you know, supposedly whether it actually was the case or not, they uh, they caught people trying to infiltrate and get get supplies to the Weavers. I don't know if that's true or not. That's I mean, like I said back then. It, that's one of the things people don't understand these days. They say, oh, the internet is, is dangerous and everything and you shouldn't be on it. It's a double-edged sword, but you know what? How much information has been put out here just in the last two years, almost you know, in, in real time, pretty much, live stream or whatever, mm -hmm. and, and it gives us information right then and, then and there. I mean, this, this stuff, I just, you know, the thing in the last couple of days about the baby formula thing, I, I called my wife two days ago from work because I saw uh, saw an article on it, and I said, "Hey, see what you can find out about this." And she she called me back. She said, "Hey, this is this is real." She said she had checked a number of places, and and uh, and then we find out today that you know tons of the stuff is down on the border being given to illegals. I, mean, I don't even understand what people don't understand about the word what it, illegal means, but um, they're invading. Like they, yeah, they're yeah, invaders. I, I don't want to get too off track, but I, I'll just throw it out there, man. Yeah, they're yeah. invaders. They're yeah. invading the country. Yeah, that's, uh, okay. But but the internet is that's what I'm saying. Back then, we didn't have that. You know, if we'd have had the internet back then, I think Ruby Ridge and I think Waco would have turned out differently. I truly do. Um Yeah, it would have looked more like the Bundy Ranch. Real time. I mean, if yes, you yes, I, yeah. if, if you look at the Bundy Ranch example and and Cliven Bundy, um, and how all that went down, it, it it had it not been for social media, you know, I found out about the Bundy Ranch back when it was it was going on. I hadn't been out of the army very long, and um, when I found out that that was going on, I. I think originally through survival blog and then uh, because Rawls had posted up some stuff. And I think I remember the, the uh, I remember the post. He said that there's a, there, there's a Waco Ruby Ridge type siege that might be unfolding. Brewing. Yeah. 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 And, and uh, yeah. you know, that, that kind of turned my attention to it. So I was, you know, at, at the time, um, I, you know, I, I was, I, but we wouldn't have known about it. We wouldn't have known about it otherwise. Right. And, you know, well, yeah, it, it would have been just like, just like Waco and Ruby Ridge. Um, and the, the only thing is though, they've learned how to effectively, um, uh, so flood the, the internet waves with disinformation. You, you, you don't know what 
you can trust. It's very that that's why that's right. what's so important about American partisan is right. Pe- people know that if if it's posted on American partisan, it isn't some fluff piece. It isn't something where you know guys are getting paid to be shills. Um, you know, it, it's pretty much a, more of a labor of love than anything. But it's it's about hey, you know, this shit's serious. It's not a it's not a game. It's not it's not a scenario. This stuff is happening. What's going on right now with all the food stuff, with all the fuel stuff, with all the bullshit overseas and everything? It's not coincidence. It's friggin' enemy action all the way around. And the sooner people start understanding that, you know, that's that's what's important about, you know, when we, we write posts about it, it's like, hey, you know, you you did that uh, was it yesterday. I wrote one the other day where they both were talking about, hey, unfortunately, you know, the ballot of the Green Berets is not what it, it used to be. No. As far as the mindset and all. And, and it, it's, that is one of the saddest things. And, and you know, you and I both have a, a good friend that, you yep. know, he, he said it a number of times, you know, they destroyed my special forces. Um, yeah. Well, I, I've got many that are saying that. Uh, right. Some that recently got out. Some that are yep. still trainers in that world that, that are involved in uh, in in the the as training cadre, and I mean the the morale, the the overall morale is at an all time low. Um, yep. it, it's it, it's really this is what they want, right? They do, and and this yeah. is what I've been saying yeah. for a long time. It seems to be really difficult for people to wrap their mind around this. But the U.S. military is getting set up for a fall, man. It's yep. I get it a lot of and, and you get this a, a lot from older folks out there that kind of have this like Cold War era nostalgia about, you know, the a East wood, a Woodland Camera or O.D. Green mentality. <laughs> yeah, you know, they, they think that, that this is all this stuff is business as usual and, you know, oh, I don't like the Democrats, but they, they'll be in for a little while and then the Republicans will get in and military spending will be through the roof. And, we you know, it's it's good guys versus the bad guys and the Russians will always be commies and, and whatever. Mm, yeah. This couldn't be further from the truth. This is this is idiotic. And, and what these people don't understand because they're holding on to a false hope that there is a difference in the uniparty, that there is um, something that is, is, you know, going to be the, the, there is something that is going to work out and, and that it'll be, Oh, you and know, someone's all the coming, stuff is, it seems real bad, but it'll be okay. And that someone's coming to save them. That, yeah. That, that, no, they want it's not going to be okay. Save them. It's like, no, right. Yeah. It's, it's, the, it's, it's and, be... and these, some of these same people are the ones that they will read site every day. They'll read some of the pieces that I've written, like no blood for Burisma. And they're like, yeah, that sounds great. We're going to, you know, these damn Democrats are corrupt as hell, except that they ignored mm-hmm. some of the other people who are involved in it, yeah. who are very much Republican. And the fact that it is becoming more and more obvious that there is a uniparty at the top that is running all things that changes its stride when necessary in the elections. This is that this is what we're seeing. And they're working together. And so you're sitting there and you're like, wow, you know, but, it, you know, this this will this will work out. 
this this will be okay. This is going to get, but no, it's not. It's not. And these assholes provoked a war on the other side of the world, poking their nose in a place where we never should have been. And let me break something down for the whole audience since I'm on this right now. Guess what we did? We created a peer-on-peer conflict to which maybe the Russians had some military failures. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that's really irrelevant because in the long run, this is the bigger strategy. They know that whatever we're doing in Ukraine is unsustainable for our side. We do not have the manufacturing capability to replace the munitions we sent to the front. That has been well documented. Okay, yeah, I know Mike Adams wrote about it. Guess what? It was in Defense One. It was posted up on Yahoo News. There was an NBC story about it as well. So these are legitimate news sources that are covering the same doggone thing over and over again. And they're saying that we do not have the ability to continue fielding this high technology. Okay, so they know that. So what do you do? You sit back, you take a tactical pause, you wait them out. Send all your stuff forward. Yeah, keep doing it. Keep going. Keep Send it, send it all forward because guess what? Your little shell game, you're running in Ukraine. We're just going to wait that one out. And that is exactly what they're doing right now. This whole NATO, Finland stuff, that's a joke. The world knows it. When's the last time Finland went to war? It was World War II? Okay. Like, all right, Simohea and all that. All right. That's the last time they went to war. I mean, what are, what are they expected to do? What are you, what are you going to do there? Um, this is what's going to happen next. Colombia is going to kick off. You got Venezuela, which is a vassal state of of China and Russia, signatory member of Belt and Road, right there on the border with Colombia. They've got a presidential election that is getting ready to kick off in Colombia. The front runner is a communist. Okay, he was a communist guerrilla. He joined M nine in M nineteen when he was seventeen years old. Too many teens wow. in there had to had to get them all out. Jeez. And he is already, he is already claiming that if he doesn't win, that this whole election was a fraud. It was American CIA interference in it, which they interfered in our presidential election here at home. (laughs) So, yeah, okay, there it is. They haven't seen an election they don't like. Right. They're going to kick off a war in Colombia. And it's going to force the United States to abandon the last ally it has in Central and South America. Right at the worst possible time. And that is exactly what is about to happen. And oh yeah, down in Del Rio, where all those migrants just got caught today, they was on live TV, right? It was, that was on live TV, so everybody that's still out there watching Fox... Guess what? I tuned in for Fox or, or to Fox for literally five minutes in passing today. And I saw that and they said, well, you know, uh, uh, we're, we're down here and everybody that's come up here has been, has come from Venezuela and Colombia. Oh, because we would never we would never send clandestine agents to a place to begin destabilization operations 
before we kicked things off, would we? We would never do that. Intelligence agency, <laughs> no, that's crazy talk. You'd never do that crap. Only to exacerbate problems that you already have. Man. And and we were dumb enough to fall for it because we had to go fuck around in Ukraine because we had to go protect the little corrupt energy mining operation going on that didn't amount to a hill of beans for anybody except the little fat fucks that were getting their grift off of it. The little crackheads that were getting their money. The little sons of politicians that were over there that were lining their pockets. And meanwhile, we've got $5 a gallon gas at home here on the East Coast. People can barely afford to even go to work, let alone let alone feed their families. Everybody's taking a haircut in all of this. We got so much domestic strife. And the best thing that they can tell us, the best thing that they can throw in our face, well, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll just have to laugh about it. You know, we've got little Jennifer Granholm getting up there. Jennifer Granholm, who couldn't, who couldn't even, she couldn't even manage, competently manage Michigan, which, which had a great economy and should have been on autopilot for the most part. With the auto industry, while she was running it, she ran it into the ground. Screwed it all up. Absolutely insane. And they're going to put her in as the energy secretary. And what was her first was her first thing? Oh, Keystone XL. That's going to go away. Well, we don't need Keystone XL. Why do, why do we need cheap domestic energy? We don't need any of this. And now she goes on TV and she laughs. Oh, what's the what's the plan for for uh, you know lowering the CPI and lowering these fuel costs at home? Oh, ha, 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 I'm gonna laugh about it. Who's the new press secretary that's coming in? Who's the new press secretary that's coming in? I don't even remember her name. I don't even remember her name. She's coming in. They ask her who is specifically who is looking into the shortage of infant formula and what is the competent plan for getting this back up. I'm going to tell you who it should be. It should be Pete Buttigieg. Is isn't he a new parent? Didn't he? Didn't he just literally? Uh, didn't he adopt an infant or something and have to take like six months off work because whatever? Right, you know, Literally whatever took maternity whatever. leave. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> with these. Uh, uh, so, wh- where's the accountability? I would think, I would think a, a competent new parent, which I, I'm using that term very loosely here, a competent new parent would would say, "Man, this this really is an outrage," and I'm going to do something about it. Right, somebody with honor. Somebody with honor would do that. These people have absolutely no honor. They damn well know it. They all know it. This is exactly what they're doing. And it was all by, it it was all planned and they don't care. This is the Marie Antoinette syndrome. They do not care because they, they follow one of two scripts. Either it is some conservatives fault Right, because I'm waiting for him. You, you've already got Biden out there saying that you know MAGA is the uh, anybody that's part of Make America Great Again, America First agenda is inherently bad, is inherently evil, and responsible for all the bad things. Right, you've already got him saying that. I'm really waiting for because they they've telegraphed this. They've said this before. I'm really waiting for him to say, well, you know, all those all those people in that prepper world. All those people in that prepper world, they're, you know, they're, they're the hoarders. They've hoarded up all the stuff. They're the ones that are to blame. It's them. Mm-hmm. 
You know, and they're all evil Donald Trump supporters anyway. So, you know, we, we should just we just pass a law. And, and uh, you know, but, but since we can't just pass a law, we're not we that's not going to be successful. So what we need to do is executive action because Congress said they just won't get anything done. Right. They just won't get anything done. So we're just uh, I'm just going to sign an executive order and they're going to start seizing stuff. It's going to happen. <laughs> that's going to happen. Now, our adversaries, our adversaries out there. They are waiting for this. It's it, a, a lot of people because they, they don't understand geopolitics and Patriot man is going to be back in here in a minute. Um, and, and he's, he's going to go more into it, but, uh, because it, it's, it's kind of sort of his, his forte, but, but they're, they're literally waiting. America's adversaries are just sitting back waiting. They are utilizing internal strife. And and in some small cases, they may be fomenting it here and there a little bit, but they don't even have to because our government's so out of hand. They all they have to do is sit back and wait. And the fractures are in the dam. They they don't why why are you gonna expend material and and uh, you know put yourself out there at risk when you can just you can just sit back and say, ah, you know what? I'm just going to wait this one out because you guys, it's, it's like a wheel that just lost all of its balancing weights and now a bearing just blew and it's just sitting there wobbling. And it, I mean, it's going to come off, man. The wheel is coming off. There is no saving it. And this stuff isn't going to work out. And for all the people out there who are still Pollyanna and well, you know, you know, we, we could just, we just wait till the midterms. We just wait till mid, you know, we'll, we'll get some Republicans in there and then, boy, that'll really fix things. That's really going to fix stuff. You know, just, well, we're going to get some great, we got some great candidates running and, and they're going to fix everything. Yeah. Uh, all right. I got some news for y'all too. Um, all right. So just because you got all these Democrats retiring, that's actually a very scary thing because who are they replacing them with? It's not like they're retiring at these districts. Yeah, they, these districts that they're retiring from are not competitive for Republicans. Okay, that, that's the part that the Glenn Becks and the, the Mac Levins of the world are not going to tell you. Okay, they are not going to tell you that crap. These are not competitive districts. And what's going to end up happening is you're going to get full-blown communists who are elected. That's exactly what's going to happen. And they're going to get elected by fiat because there ain't nobody even actually counting the ballots because the die is cast for them. And that is exactly what is going on. And so the devil that you knew that is retiring is being replaced by a hundred AOCs. And we're, you're assuming everybody's assuming that, well, you know, this is going to be this big red wave. This is going to be this big. And, you know, the Republicans are, are going to be in and they're, they're just going to take back over and everything's going to get fixed. Now, uh, I, I want some of what you're smoking, uh, thinking that because if history, even rec- recent history is a guide, um, <laughs> Republicans haven't fixed a damn thing, not one single thing. Name something that Republicans fixed. We're still waiting on the Hearing Protection Act, right? Remember that? Remember that 2016 Hearing Protection Act? They, we, oh, man, they, they're going to pass that. They're going to roll back the NFA. They, we're going to get all these gains. 
right? All these gains, our Second Amendment freedoms, all the stuff that we had before 1934, all those freedoms that we had, we're gonna we're, we're gonna start getting those back. Nah, man, no way, uh, no way. You know what? What are we doing to pay down the unfathomable amount of debt? What 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 are we doing? What are we doing here? We ain't gonna win, man. And America's enemies are sitting back and waiting. And I'm telling you, it's coming, and it's coming pretty quick. And this, when Colombia kicks off, that is the foothold. And and the government of Colombia, when it realizes it is not backed by the United States anymore, it's gonna fold pretty quickly. Okay, because there's there's a lot to that. I've been, um, I have friends that are that are retired DEA guys that have a lot of experience working down there. Um, I've got another friend who was uh, there when they stood up the Lancero School, which is um, Columbia's Ranger School uh, for for their troops, and um, basically getting their insight. On, on what's going on in Colombia and kind of what they see, it coincides with, with mine. And, you know, I, I've kind of fostered mine a little bit and adjusted my thinking a little bit based on our failures. I mean, we, we failed in Venezuela. We failed hard. We failed in Cuba and we failed pretty damn hard. Um, so Nicaragua. Well, El yeah. And it, I'm talking about like, like the past few years. So it's a repeat. This is a repeat. Yeah. Yep. Um, you know, when, when, when I ran from, say, it's like, uh, it's like deja vu all over again. Yeah. Ex- except it's worse, man, because yeah, when, right, right, right. when I ran Contra broke, first of all, you know, there were a lot of shady details with that, but that kind of thing happens all the time. That that's how we armed the Afghans. And it, right. it's really funny that, you know, we don't, we don't hear anything about that. Uh, we don't, we don't, we, we, you know, nobody ever complained about that. Oh, we were arming the Afghans. We're arming the Mujahideen against the Soviets. Right. Yeah. We well, we were this time when we armed the Afghans. Yeah. We, we were arming the Contras literally the same way through the same back channels, and all of a sudden, they come after Reagan for it. Oh, Reagan's a criminal now, right? So we can arm one group because it was a Democrat politician that was spearheading it, and that's fine, right? That That's okay. But, oh, oh, Charlie Wilson. Charlie Wilson, I, I'm just a, I, you know, I, I, I'm just a, 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 a Texas populist. I'm just a Texas, I'm from the state of Texas, right? Yeah, okay, well, you know, that, that might be all good and well and everything, but we were arming guys who were fighting for freedom and stability on our border in our hemisphere. And they, the Democrats bent over backwards, led by Ted Kennedy. You know, it, it wasn't enough that his two brothers were killed by commies, right? But he had to sympathize with them and lead the effort to shut everything down. Let's just shut this whole operation down. Boy, this is, it's a, it's a, it's, it's almost like Watergate again. Oh, you know, don't, don't check the trunk of my car. Right. So, hmm. and it, it's, they, they have set us up for a serious fall, dude. And the, the U S military is being set up for a serious fall simultaneously to it. 
right? All, all together, man, top to bottom. This is just, this, this is, I mean, it, it is, it should be a call to arms. I mean, yeah, I, it, I, I sound agitated about it and you damn right. I am, uh, I am because these people are murdering the country, but at the same time, on the same, you know, token, if you will, we can't do anything other than what we're doing. And so what your focus needs to be is always remaining cognizant of this is happening. Like th- this is, this is going to happen. Don't let yourself go to sleep and do not fall off on your own training pipeline. JC, what do you say to that? Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I, I agree. The, you know, have, have a plan. You know, have your your plan based on reality, you know, general scenarios, specific scenarios. I mean, there's plenty of specific scenarios that have come up here of late, Um, you know, and I think one of the big things, too, is don't count on any politician to do anything for you. It doesn't matter what's in front of their name. Don't trust any of them, period. I think we've had in the last week or so, we've had uh, another yep. one that was kind of proven to be, you know, not what he said he was. And, uh, and, and I really, you know, I guess I'm pretty callous to all of it anyway. Um, you know, when Trump first ran, I was like, I, I was very skeptical and there was a number of things he did while I was in. Now I think he did some of the some yeah. of the best stuff that any president has done in, in decades, but that doesn't, that doesn't change his spots and all these people that are this, this hero worship shit for any politician has got to stop. If you're, if you're going to be grounded in reality, you have got to just stop with the hero worship for anybody in politics. Politics isn't going to save us a five, five, six or a seven, six, two will. Right. Bottom line. That's, that that's the thing with the Q people, man. The, these and I can't yeah. honestly seeing out seeing all the stuff that, that's going on. I honestly don't know who could still be supporting this whole Q nonsense. But there are people that are doing it, man. There are people that are doing it. There are people who who are still pushing this. There's some some really well known guys. It's like they just they they mm-hmm. can't help it. So they just got to run with it, dude. And, and I, man, I, well, the problem is they're using they're using their their past um, achievements as the reason why you should trust their guidance on this stuff now. And all they're doing is making themselves look foolish. It's like, wait, you you were yeah. you were this this and this, and and you're saying we should believe that what. What post are we up to? Fifteen thousand seven hundred and sixty-nine. I mean, I don't even. I'm. That's just a guess. But I mean, <laughs> I, I remember. I remember when. Um, I remember when those Q farts first started, and they would say, "Oh, post number 20, You know, saying this, all this cryptic shit. I was like, it sounded like something you'd have read in a friggin' comic book. And then at the very end of the po- or the post, it should have read, "To be continued in the next comic book." I mean, it. You know. It wasn't right. even as good as Johnny Quest, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, John, hey, hey, don't be ragging on Johnny Quest, man. Johnny, Johnny Quest. No, no, was, I'm saying it wasn't. It wasn't as good as Johnny no. Quest. That's Johnny yeah. Quest was it made more Johnny sense Quest. and was more. Yeah, yeah, Qu- yeah. Quest was based, man. They, they, I mean, 
cartoons they, they don't show on TV anymore. You know, they, they'll they'll yeah. never show Johnny Quest again, man. Can't have right. that. You know, we, we can't have that. We can't have G.I. Joe anymore, right? Because G.I. Joe was, was that that mm-hmm. was too, you know, can't have an American hero because, you know, I mean, they didn't they didn't have anybody with with tree frog colored hair that was on G.I. Yeah. Joe. So, I mean, it's, it's they not... need to have a modern day adaptation of the Bugs Bunny Roadrunner hour. But the only thing you, you do you change is instead of Acme, it's Amazon. <laughs> but i heard they won't yeah. ship explosives so i guess he's kind of beat yeah you know i mean it's i wouldn't trust <laughs> it from amazon man like i told you two weeks yeah. ago dude, some of those amazon products don't knock them the coffee the kawa coffee i'm telling you that was yeah yeah it was good man it it is that that's in the the uh the regular rotation here at the uh the scout ranch um but <laughs> uh, snake down in the comment section is there's no trainee gi joes yet uh we'll see the thing is is that we don't know about snake eyes we don't actually know because <laughs> never saw snake eyes face so we're assuming snake eyes is gender um and 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 in doing that we could we could run the risk of othering uh snake eyes so we don't want to do that we don't want to do we that don't know his pronoun oh god we don't we don't know Snake Eyes' <laughs> pronouns. That's why I'm avoiding titling. Uh, titling is the, the offensive term for it. I am avoiding titling uh, Snake Eyes because we do not know. We do not know. Um, we'll just you know, use like, they and them for Snake Eyes. Yeah. Well, I mean, eyes you know, multiple. Plural. Lady J. I mean, I think I think Lady J might have been, you know... It, it's we, we don't know, man. We really don't know. I mean, Scarlet, it was pretty obvious. It was pretty obvious she was a lady, but um, <laughs> just saying. I'm just saying. But we do have an important question in the comments section here. Uh, be prepared in the live chat, brother. Uh, what is that coffee setup you use? I have a very cheap one. You're talking about the one that I had over in the Tennessee class. And it is a mocha pot for uh, Mike Oscar Kilo Alpha, M-O-K-A. And uh, it is... Yeah, those things are awesome. Yeah, dirt cheap. You can get them for like under 10 bucks, man. And um, very, very common in Latin America. Very common in... um, uh, the Cuban community as well. You see them everywhere. It's and it's a traditional espresso maker. So you, uh, you can look these up and you see what I'm talking about. But it's like a little tiny coffee pot. You put the water in the bottom. You've got a basket that has uh, where you the percolator that you put the the uh, fine ground espresso in, and it goes up through the stem. And uh, as it's boiling, and man, it it ooh, it makes some of the best, some of the best coffee in the world. If you want to have the absolute best coffee experience, I'm telling you, you need a mocha pot, and these things are cheap. Uh, to yeah, be that's, what I, use, that's what I use in the field. Yeah, well, that's 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 what I use in the field. Uh, to be prepared, follow up question. Seen it in uh, the coffee recommendation. Uh, Kawa, 
You can get it on Amazon. Uh, Kawa is K-A-H-W-A, Kawa. Uh, they're fine ground espresso. If you like to grind your own beans the way that I do, um, you know, because I, I grind beans by hand, uh, you can get it in whole bean, and you can also get it in ground coffee as well. Uh, if, if you're not into the whole Amazon thing, and you know, you or, or maybe you tried Kawa and it just wasn't for you, uh, some of the other espresso brands that I'm a fan of, Cafe Bastello, obviously. Uh, Cafe Bastello is pretty much ubiquitous. You can find it anywhere. Uh, Cafe Caribe, however, Cafe Caribe, if you can. If you could find Cafe Caribe, it's normally, this stuff is like $2 a can, man. It is dirt cheap, and it is amazing coffee. And the other cool thing about Cafe Caribe is, is when you buy a can of Cafe Bastello or like some of the other coffee brands out there, it has that little Mylar pop top on it. When you buy a can of Cafe Caribe, it is a sealed can. So it's like you're getting a number 10 can. I mean, it's smaller than a number 10 size can. But, um, man, it, 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 I mean, it keeps forever. It, it's going to keep forever. So, you know, if you want to have good coffee like me, because uh, that's, that's my one requirement, man. I can, I, I can make do <laughs> with some, you know, varying degradation of of environment you know i can deal with some suck factor but i gotta have good coffee man gotta have good coffee don't leave home without it i can deal deal with anything else but gotta have good coffee and um and and that's the way to do it you can use this thing totally uh the the mocha pot you can use this thing off grid um totally off grid any heat source works for it as long as you can boil water good to go you'll be good to go uh so you know anyway that's that's coffee set up everything that you guys you know never even wanted to know about coffee boom yeah there you go but uh we got a couple of buddies in here uh fellow patrons that were a little bit late getting in they told me they were going to be a little bit late getting in first in the shoot patriot man what's up brother how's it going buddy what up, man? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Yep. All right, perfect. Sorry. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm doing a ghetto setup tonight. Um, I'm actually on vacation for three days. I'm at a uh, Knights Columbus uh, convention, and um, I, I was trying oh, to join oh, earlier, and my phone was about to die, so I'm back up in the hotel room for a few minutes. Um, we're currently down. We have a hospitality room set up, so we're having quite an impressive display of liquor and beer, and we were smoking cigars, so um, I uh, – I figured I would jump back on and say hi to everyone and uh, and to see what was cracking. Yeah, dude. You um, uh, you guys been harassed at all from from any of this this nonsense? This you know, the, this threats and intimidation against the Catholic Church, against Christians in general. They they're Not, just targeting the Catholics first. Yeah, I, we're easy pickings a little bit. Um, we haven't had anything yet. Um, so the convention technically starts tomorrow. We come down the night before we set up the room for the other councils. And then, uh, really the party starts tomorrow through Sunday. And as that's going on, there's a state convention going on. And, um, you know, I'm tomorrow I'll be out. I'm going to be hitting a couple of local breweries and I'm going to mass in the morning and then a couple breweries. And then we'll be back at the hospitality room. Um, I came prepared and I'll leave it at that in case something happened. Um, 
you know, I always try whenever I leave anywhere farther than 20 miles from home, I always try to make sure that I'm prepared for any situation. Um, and particularly with the heightened thing, you know, we had no problems at mass the last couple, you know, last weekend, we, I thought we would have, I thought there'd be at least one disruption, but where I'm located at, it's not the same as other areas around me. So I, I also yeah. in the back of my mind had, had that in my head. Uh, but yeah, so I've been down here since one o'clock. We've had no problems. And the other thing is particularly we we've used this same hotel for God going on a decade now. So everyone knows that we're here. So I was, I was a little bit concerned, but we have a, a bunch of retired LEOs that are um, in our council and uh, we're sitting pretty right now. That's good, man. So you're saying you went the John Wick route and you have a pack of pencils with you. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I've got a John Wick to show that. I have I have my tactical pen right now in my pocket as we speak. But uh, Roger. But yeah, no, I mean it's been good. We went out to dinner. We hit a uh, Italian restaurant. Uh, I had a nice uh, shrimp scampi. And then uh I've been drinking for a while, which is probably why I sound the way I do. And currently I have a nice little craft beer. That is a hazy double India pale ale. It's an eight point two. So I am uh, I'm feeling pretty good right now. Ooh wee. Uh huh. I'll bring one down for you, dude. I, I, was, I <laughs> who makes that? Because I think I saw that on the shelves. I was in a store earlier, and I think I saw. Um, so there's a bunch of them. This one in particular is from Industrial Arts. Um, nah, so it might have, might not have been that one. Um, they all their um, beers are named after wrenches. So the one I'm drinking in particular is Torque Wrench. But um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. Uh, the other ones that I have, if you let me open the fridge because I'm sitting next to it because that's where my charger is. We have Pocket Wrench, Wrench Hazy, and Impact Wrench. It was they a mixed a twelve. Grip. Actually, I don't know, but I wouldn't put it past them. <laughs> but uh, no, like I said, I don't. I don't think I would try a vice grip. I just no. Nope. <laughs> Yeah, I wouldn't blame you. If, if it was called Vice Grip, it's probably going to be like a 10%er. Be like a triple IPA. Mm. But uh, yeah, no, man. Um, it's good. And like I said, I, I was, I was so, I, I texted Scout early in the week and I was like, man, I can't wait. I'm going to be down. I'm, I'm near the beach. So I'm down on the beach. And I'm going to have a cigar. I'm going to have a beer, be able to do the podcast. Left my headphones at home. So I was pissed off about that. And then my phone's at 10%. So. This is not the most ideal setup, but just happy to be here and hanging out with the boys. Um, obviously, Madman and JP, I saw Thanks. not too long ago. Dodge, I got to get back to you. We're actually um, in your AO. We, we were looking at um, several pieces of property, so we'll have some uh, conversations about that. But, uh, right. yeah, and of course, had to see Scout, my boy. So. Yeah. That's right. Hell yeah, man. We're going to burn it down. Fucking A. We're going to burn it down. Yep. Yeah, my liver, you know, I got to take care of it because I have my, uh, I have this whole weekend, and I got four days, and I got a wedding, and then it's, a, oh. then it's another two day, uh, four days, and it's Memorial Day, so you might die. You might actually, <laughs> me, uh, you know me. Yeah, yeah. You might, but you won't die. That, that's the we'll, thing is that. We'll, yeah, we'll send you an AP shirt that says "But did you die?" Yeah, and it has right? a list of what you did over the last month. So true, true story, man. True story about Patriot Man. So (laughs) some of y'all know like the story that that one morning where he's just like, Hey guys, I found this beer. 
know, like he just pulls out a beer out of nowhere. Like where where did you get that? It's like six thirty in the morning. And he's just like, I found this beer. There was another time. There was another time that you were down and um, had class going on, and you know we were we were we had a moderate level of drinking going on you know I, I wouldn't say anybody was over served and um you know this this is back <laughs> when uh, my dad was was hanging out and doing a lot of stuff um mm. you know and helping facilitate things and uh there was there was one time where he because <laughs> he would always tell me what he thought of, of stuff he he never spared an opportunity to tell me what he thought of things and uh he said He's, you know, I really like Patriot Man. He, he's, he's a nice guy. He's a cool guy. And I said, yeah, man, he's, he's a good dude. He's, I think he might have a drinking problem though. <laughs> oh shit, that's funny as fuck. <laughs> he said, he said, I think, I think he might have a drinking problem. And, and I mean, that was, yeah. that, for him, that, that's pretty he, legit. What? He does. Well, so we've had we've had some nights down there, and 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 shout out to the people who read AP and Radio Contra because I've had people who emailed me and were like, "Are you going to this class?" Oh, I'm bringing this whiskey, and I'm like, "All right, we're gonna try it." I'm bringing this vodka. Oh, we're trying it. Um, but here's what I'll say about that is um, the most important thing, and I tell a lot of students who go to because they've heard, you know. What I'll say about scouts classes is that there's two parts to it. The first part is the training part of it, right? You're there to learn. And that's the number one priority is learn. The second part is the networking and the fellowship afterwards. When you're hanging out with fellow Patriots, because most of us are in areas where you don't have those people. And so you can finally sit there and have a, have a cigar, have a glass of fucking whiskey or diplomatico rum and sit there and have a good time and be like, I'm around fucking brothers. And this is awesome. Yeah. But what yeah. I'll say is, I've always told students, don't come to class. And I've even said to the students in class, um, I said, pace yourself. Because number one, most of the time when I'm down there, I'm helping scout in some way. So I don't have the same responsibilities that other students have. So I say, pace yourself. And secondly, it's work hard, play hard. So typically, I'm the last one up and I'm the first one awake. Because to me, that's you know, they always. I always make the joke that you train how you fight, and most likely I'm going to be fighting drunk or hungover, so I'm I'm just learning. But um, really, it's you're down there to learn first. Everything after that is is icing on the cake. So if you're going to go to scouts class, go down there to learn. You'll have a good time. Pace yourself if it's the first time down there, but <laughs> you're down there to learn and understand and learn from all the knowledge that he has. And so obviously I have a fairly extremely high tolerance and I can do a lot of things other students can't, but I don't want new students to go to your class and say, Oh, this is what I'm going to do. We've had them. And, and yeah. they woke up halfway through the first session. And I don't want that. I want you guys yeah. to go down there and learn. Yeah. And then I mean, if we happen to have a good time after that. It's right. Well, I mean, and, and, you know, when you're, you're getting around a, a good group of people and, you know, hanging out, you get carried away a little bit. Yep. Time. Yeah. They, they, I mean, there's, there's sometimes, uh, where I, I've had people that, you know, they, I mean, 
No, they, they, I'm not going to say they, they like nobody gets out of hand. They don't get the, no, no, no. I've, I've never seen anyone get out of hand from drinking. No, nah, it's, it's not like that, but it, but it's a man, it's a relaxed atmosphere. I'm not going to sit yeah. and, you know, I, I damn sure I'm no Puritan. So I think probably the entire world knows that by now. Um, you know, so I mean, it, it is what it is. Yep. Nah. Yeah, you're hanging out with your boys. This is. This, this is what you're going to get. You know, you, you don't, we don't have yep. enough opportunities to do that with one another. I mean, it's, it's just, it, 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 I mean, we, we just don't, you know, it, it's, we, we don't like there used to be, man, it wasn't, it wasn't really that long ago. Eh, Pre-internet, you know, there used to be the, the Elks Lodge and, you know, these, these big meetings of, of fraternal yep. organizations and stuff. It used to be a really big thing. Nowadays, like, yep. That's that's one of the reasons, you know. Like, particularly this weekend, we were talking about it when we were at dinner. We had like six bottles of wine for fourteen people, and uh, we were sitting there talking, and we said, "This is what it's about." It's, it's now we had you know people had their wives with them and everything, but it's about men getting together and having frank conversations. Whether it's about training, whether it's about being a Christian and a man, and all the things we go through as being Christian men, and yeah. I, you know, what whatever organization it is, I'm not shilling for the Knights. I happen to be a Knight. It's when you have that fraternal organization, that brotherhood, where you're out there doing volunteer events, you're out there serving your community, which, by the way, as part of your preparedness, you know, doing an area study or whatever not, part of the good thing is going out and saying, hey, I'm blah, blah, blah from this organization, and they heard you before. So all of a sudden, you've gained yeah, credibility yeah. in their eyes. So. That yeah, fraternal organization yeah, yeah. pays more than one dividend. But really, men are lacking that these days, particularly, as you pointed out, with the Internet. Pre-Internet, it was a yeah. lot more of that. But now you yeah, connect we, I mean, over the Internet and all stuff. Yeah, well, I mean, there's nothing <clears> – no, I was going to say, there's right. nothing that is is better than just having four or five guys who, you know, you ran this fundraiser, you ran that fundraiser, you did this, you did that – and now you're sitting around having a glass of whiskey, having a cigar. It's it's hard to beat that experience. So, I think that's super important for for the modern American man. Well, in in every like applying that to the military, man, every cool guy unit ever that that has ever existed, where were they all started? Yep. <laughs> they were all started in a bar, dude. Every single one yep. of them. Every single one of them started in a bar. Like that's just you know. That's just a standard, man. That that's it is what it is. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you and and we're talking about a profession of arms here. You know, you you're you're around guys who are who are rough around the edges, man. Like like um, I'll never forget, dude. Uh, I had a guy in a unit one time. He he was a brick mason before he came into the army, and you know, rough around the edges. You know, and and if any, any of y'all out there That's has ever brick. worked around brick masons, you know they're rough. Like like the construction industry is rough just in general, but brick masons, man, they no. like they, <laughs> they take the cake, man. They're rough. That, that's a rough crowd. And I mean, he he's like, nah, I mean, being in the infantry, that's pretty much you know the the lifestyle. You know, it's that's that's pretty much that's that's how it is. Like they they work hard, 
They play hard, and it shows, man. It shows. But um, anyway, going down the list here, Madman Actual in the house. What's up, man? What's up, dudes? Can you hear me all right? Yes, sir. Kind of in and out, man. Yes, sir. Yeah, kind of. I'm driving. Yeah. Oh, well, I can hear. I can hear that. Kind of, sort of hear me. Yeah, yeah, you have a little bit of a lag between when we talk and when you talk, so just keep that in mind. Yeah, it's it's going through my car Bluetooth, so it might be a little okay. uh, Yeah, I'm driving. Um, unfortunately, just uh, coming back, saying goodbye to a very dear friend of mine uh, from high school, passed away. So, oh man, had the viewing in the I'm funeral sorry service to hear that, tonight. Man. So, a little sad, but you know. Uh, you know, he was the kind of guy, I know everybody says this, but he was so nice and kind, I really don't think he would want anybody to feel bad for him. That dude was like the king of nice, so. Uh, <clears throat> anyway, but I'm doing all right. How are you guys? Doing all right. <laughs> He's lit. Had, had a blast when we were down in the uh, at the races. Yeah, dude, NASCAR was awesome. Always <laughs> that was fantastic. I don't. I I wasn't here earlier. I don't know if JP or anyone shared the story. Nah, he just jumped in. Nah, he just jumped in. Yeah, that was a good Sweet. time. Sweet, Seth, you just. I'll let in. somebody else tell it. Sweet, Seth, my mic sucks. I'll tell it. So, uh, so JP Madman and I met what two weeks ago. Uh, we have a buddy of ours who was a crew chief for a NASCAR um, team, and we uh, we were down in Dover for the races. And it was uh, only actually, believe it or not, as, as much as we talk, and a lot of you guys might think that we all know each other real well. It was only the second time I met JP. It was the first time I met Madman, and uh, we shared a hotel room. Thank you, NASCAR. And uh, we had pit crew passes, and we went to the Do- – that's why JP posted the, the Dover Races video. We were actually in the Crew Chief Tower, and I didn't post any videos or stuff of that because I didn't want to blow up who our Crew Chief was, but it was a fucking blast. We So I got down there early Friday, and then they showed up later. Saturday, we had the races. We had media passes. We went to the race. Uh, it was cool. Johnny Damon was there. Anyone who follows baseball, um, a couple of us got pictures with him. And then we got obliterated at a bar across from the hotel the next night. I mean, those mugs were big as shit. They were like at least like between 16 and 22 ounces. I don't remember because I don't really remember that night. But um, we got pretty hammered on that night. And... Uh, we we were in bed, but we got back the, from the bar at like ten thirty, and we just literally. I went outside to smoke a cigar, and I had a, a um a, anyone who smokes cigars. It's a um, AJ Fernandez one. It's a Ruination Man of War tenth anniversary, and it's a thick and long and dark cigar. And I got like a quarter of the way through, and I was like, "Nope, I'm going to bed." So I literally left it on the light post next to my car, and I walked in the room. They they had already gone to bed because they were like. No, nah, we're not. I'm not staying up. And I was like, no, nah, keep the party going. And I was like, 
so anyway, so I get I get back to the room, I fall asleep. We wake up the next morning and we we're all just like dragging. We're just like, oh good God. <laughs> just fuck, man. But it was great. I mean, again, it's again like-minded individuals get together and hanging out, have a good time. We were blessed to have a friend who I'm sure is gonna listen to this. And um I'm gonna be seeing him in about a month hanging out. Um it was a great time. And so we got, I got back from that weekend and like I was in bed by seven 30 on Sunday. I was gone. So hey, that, that's, yeah. yeah, man, it was, it was a fun time. <laughs> so with that said, we're going to jump over to the other side of the story. Johnny Paratrooper. Oh yeah. But uh, oh, how man, did I know dude. you were going to do that? Yes. I knew you were going to do that. S- Saturday night. Um, Saturday night, (laughs) there I was. No shit. Fucked up, dude. That shit was lit. I was. I mean, we were the dude. The our 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 POC, our point of contact, was like, man, y'all are gonna have better seats than the driver. And I was like, bullshit. No, we, dude. We fucking had better seats. (laughs) Yeah. It was awesome. Um, the the NASCAR is fucking legit, dude. I that was I I went to the Coca Cola race once when the eighty uh, second Airborne was handing out tickets. But as soon as the eighty second Airborne choir got done playing and singing, we just packed up and left. I thought we were going to stay for the whole race, but we didn't. And that's why I didn't reenlist. And so uh, yeah, so yeah, I finally got to go to a, a, a race weekend and. Man, the whole town like just like turns into this like giant race party, and it's cool because like all the bars in the in the in these uh, these NASCAR towns are all like uh, instead of sport, they're like instead of sports bars, they're like car bars, and uh, uh-huh. but drink and drive, and and uh, yeah, it was just it was just fucking a lot of fun, man. And, yeah, uh, the, I forgot we, we hit that brewery in between. In yeah, we hit that brewery in between. Um, the uh, the race and the the bar we ended up at, and I mean when when JP is saying that we literally were at better seats, we were overhead of the pit crew as they were doing changes. Like it was insane. It was legit. I uh, we we got given some um some lugs from the from the from the uh, pit crew, and I actually tied the lugs onto my uh, new AR10. And so it's my it's my good love <laughs> charm, and oh, uh, oh, <laughs> yeah. So for those oh, who don't know, when they do the love changes, and we were watching them, first off, on the side of the tower, they have a a thing that they practice on taking the lug nuts off and putting them back on. But the second thing is, we found out they super glue the lugs under the tires they're going to use. That way, when they throw it up on the car, it's already there. They zoom, 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 and they're gone. And we were just get kept getting handed like handfuls of lugs oh take this take this we're like shit okay sure and uh yeah it was it was and the other cool thing was when you're up in the tower you can see the um uh see the cameras that are on board the car so we're able because a lot of times we didn't know what was happening so like we were kind of close to one car went up in the wall we saw him come in all all banged up and we didn't know what happened then of course I went back later and watched a YouTube video and figured out what happened. But 
you could see the onboard cameras. It was an experience. And I'd never been to a NASCAR race before. Um, <laughs> I'm not a guy who's going to sit there and watch the NASCAR race. It was one of the most amazing things I've ever seen. It was so loud. I've se- I've been next to an F-16 when an F-16 fired up, and that was fucking loud. NASCAR, just as loud. It was awesome. It was fucking awesome. And you also don't realize how pitch the time. road is. Like, when we got down on, on, in yeah. the inside, it's like it's a 31-degree pitch, I think it was, at Dover. And, like, 31 degrees doesn't sound like a lot. When you're like, I couldn't drive on that road. And we were able to go on pit road and we lined up with the drivers when they, and uh, this is the great thing about NASCAR, you know, as a, you know, as a Christian men, we line up, they do a prayer and national anthem. I love that. To me, that was one of the highlights of it. I was like, this is why I love this sport. And then we were down in the infield for a little bit and then up in the, up in the, the pit, um, the pit tower for a while. It was, it was amazing. Yeah. I just wanted to break in, man. I saw the the image that y'all had up when when you put up on AP, you put the video up of the race, and um, <clears throat> which I think was awesome. There were some people. I, I just want to point something out, man. There were some people because there was there was a blonde that was out that was in the image, right? I thought she's pretty good looking, man. I'm just saying, like like race. Oh race yeah, the, women, the monster girls. Yeah, the monster yeah. girls are cute. Yeah, man. It there there was some people that were talking some trash about those girls, man. And I'm just saying, listen, you know, to each your own. We all have our styles, but if you were talking shit about those models that were out there, they look pretty damn good to me. Um, I'm just saying, and and you know, it, it is what it is. But if you were talking trash about those girls, let's be honest. It's jealousy. That's what it is. Uh-huh. It's, I'm just, yep. I got to throw Straight it out up. there. I saw, so I, I was out in Washington for all this, and I was kind of monitoring some of that remotely as I got uh, breaks in, in class. And I saw, I just saw some of those comments, man. And I was just like, what? And these guys are like, look, just, just because, you know, your wife is on my hundred or 600 pound life. Or whatever you know, you go, you, go, you go to Walmart and get the hover round, you know, wait for Oof. it to charge. Just because that's the life you're living, you don't need to be hating on everybody else. Right? I, I'm just, I yep. throw it out there, man. Yeah, the other thing, throw it, I, I had to get that off my chest. No, you're right. And the other, the other thing which I didn't realize about Pit Road is that when you get past a certain point, there is no alcohol involved. So, like, the, the, I, I saw. Um, madman comment earlier like there was literally you can't have anything because on pit road our only instruction was to stay out of the way of pit road and you can't have any alcohol which was fun because the excitement of the race was good enough and uh it was just yeah it was it you know i want to go back i've never been to a nascar race before i want to go back one time as a spectator and just get absolutely lit and watch it but to see it from that side first gives me a whole new respect of of what they do i mean i'm telling you i have a video that's 23 seconds long of the pit change i didn't post it the only reason i didn't post it is because it would give away who we were um obviously a guest of and i i I didn't want that to happen so but to watch that work like yeah you didn't need you didn't need to get lit for that that excitement was enough it was 
to watch these guys, how good they are, is just something that I will remember for the rest of my life. That was amazing. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's uh, it is it's something. You know, it, it's an experience. Racing, like like racing in general, is awesome. It's an awesome thing to experience. Um, you know, but I, I was I was getting cracked up. I had the mic muted. I was getting cracked up when you were talking about like like just going back and experiencing a race and being wasted. There is see other parts of the country here in the South racing NASCAR like here in North Carolina. North Carolina is the birthplace of NASCAR, and uh, you know it, it came from the old bootlegging culture where guys would hot rod their cars. Right, and then they would race them to you know to to see who who had the fastest bootlegger car. That, that's where the whole thing came from. But we um we have a bunch of short tracks that used to all be on the NASCAR circuit, mm-hmm. and a lot of them, you know, they they ended up being off of the main circuit. They're on some of the other uh, the smaller series and stuff, and they're still really popular. Man, like, like, uh, you know, racing season is getting ready to, to really ramp up. Uh, whenever the heck it warms up here in North Carolina, we had some some weird weather for for mid mid May, man. Um, you know, like today has been low low sixties and rainy, but um, anyway, it's supposed to stay like that for a little while. But um, dude, there's always that one guy at a racetrack who comes out there with a giant cooler on wheels it is filled to the brim with natural light and this dude is gonna drink all day like all day all day and then by the end he is sunburnt because races go on all day like they they'll have um the little like they'll have the little four cylinders and they'll have the legends cars get out there and so you can literally see like sit and see and watch races for you know 12 13 hours out there and you're watching a bunch of different races that are all running on the same day and it it, dude it's a hell of a lot of fun it's 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 a it's kind of a different thing from the the uh the main circuit of nascar right it's you know it's it's a few steps below that but it's a hell of a lot of fun but i got cracked up because you're talking about yeah man i'm gonna i'm gonna go to the next one and i'm just gonna get wild as hell Cause that, I almost was like, man, that's gonna be you. Like at the end, you're all sunburned and like crispy. Oh, I was sunburned. And- that's for damn sure. <laughs> <laughs> and you were, you know, by the by the end, that guy, he's so tanked that like he can't even say his name. So the, but the they, funny but part every is, racetrack has that guy, man. Everyone- the funny part is, so we parked. Well, we parked. We were we had obviously preferred parking, and we were. So we pulled up against some guys who live in the same state as me, which was hilarious because for whatever reason, we were fucking stupid. I wasn't thinking. We didn't bring beer. So I literally walked. I see I have two coolers. I walk up. I was like, can I throw you some money and give us some beer? He's like, yeah, bro. Hold and I was like, where are you from? He goes, I won't say the state. But I was like, oh, me too. Holy shit. And then so we end up connecting. And then other, another guy pulls up next to us. And we're talking to this guy. We have no idea who he is. About two hours later, we're on pit road. It's the driver's father. And we're just looking at each other going, wait, 
That that was the guy we were talking to in the parking lot. Oh, it was oh, hilarious. That's bad. Yeah, and then when we got out of the he race, parked right point, next to us. Yeah, and <laughs> we got out of the race. We go back to the car, and the same crew is still drinking there. They never had tickets. Yeah. They told us they're like, "No, we're just here to drink." <laughs> At a boy, I don't know what to say. Oh, it was so, so funny. Bo Diggity's over here in the comments talking about Winston Cup. See, that's how you know a real racing fan. When when we we and and real racing fans from back in the day, it will always be Winston Cup. It will not be anything but Winston Cup. That's that's and and everybody. I'm gonna tell you, and I'm saying this with a big grin. Everybody who refers to it as Winston Cup has an Intimidator number three Dale Earnhardt tribute shrine somewhere in their house i'm just it's it's a fact every person that refers to it as winston cup they have got some tribute somewhere in their house to dale earnhardt facts facts absolutely shit i slapped an eight on my truck once (laughs) no that's dale jr he don't count that's dale jr Hey, by the way, I'm going to jump off. I got to go back down to have another cigar, but um, I just wanted to say, (laughs) I'll send you a picture when I'm down there. But um, seriously, I just want to jump on and and talk about all that and and give a shout out to our boy. And uh, I'll see you guys, I guess, next Thursday. I'm feeling pretty good right now. I just cracked another one that is a um, a double IPA. It's a, uh, oh, shit. It's that high? Fuck. Uh, it's a 10.4. It's also so, uh, going to be your BAC when you get done drinking it. Yeah, so. probably. It's a it's a 10.4, so I'm going <laughs> to practice, go back down there. But um, thank you all for being supporters of AP and Radio Contra, and I apologize that I'm dropping off early tonight, but um, nah, brother, it's, it's vacation, good. so fuck it. It's all good. All right, brothers. I'll see you, man. I love you all. All right. Love you too, man. God bless. Legit. Legit. Legit, man. Patriot Man sounds like he's having a hell of a time. Ah, oh, dude, he is. He is. And, you know, like, like we all need that. They, there's – we need that time, seriously. People need that time to get away, to get – you know, join an organization, man. Join an organization. Everybody is is kind of like closed off and walled off in today's society. And you know, we, we need we need to to reinvigorate that where we have get-togethers, where people have get-togethers, and that's what I love about class. That's that's ah, man, they, like that to me. It's it's the greatest thing in the world. You get people together. You get a bunch of great folks together, man. You're, you're working on whatever the skill is. Everybody's loving it. Everybody's getting along. You know, that fraternal atmosphere that you have. And then you get together. You share a good meal. You, you, you know, have some good laughs and a good time around, you know, a campfire or, or, or just hanging out. You know, and, 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 and it's cool, man. It's the connections – that I've seen people build in doing this is really amazing, man. Like seriously, it, it's it's awesome. 
Closest thing to the Green Dragon from back in the day. Yeah, man. Sons of Liberty. How did it, something tells me I don't think I don't think the Biden crowd would have got along well with them. I just don't. Something tells me <laughs> a little too much foreign influence. You know. Yeah. Just just a tad. Just a tad. Pretty pretty sure the Biden admin would have been working with the Brits. Yes. Just one man's opinion. Just said yeah. Back when yeah. you could still tar and feather. <laughs> Hell, man, that was that was what we were taught in third grade because that was the only polite thing they could teach us. They they were hella wild back then. Shit, shit, oh, yeah. shit was crazy. Have you? They were fucking seen, uh, wiping out entire villages, and the Brits would yeah. like kidnap entire ships and uh, put uh, put them into um, service in the British Navy. And they, yep. like you would never see your family ever Impressive. again. Yeah, they would. They yeah. would. Uh, they would take your ship and just confiscate it, and it would just be British property now. Property, property of the East India Trading Company. And uh, man, the ship was ship was crazy. Well, they, the, uh, uh, the movie John Adams. Have you seen that? Yeah, no, I have not. Yeah, okay, with uh, that, all Giamatti, Tarn Feather. That tarn, yeah, that tarn feathering scene, that brings a whole new reality to what you know we thought of it as kids. Yeah, they're putting that hot hot tar on that. They they pour it on that dude after he ripped his clothes off, and you're realizing, holy shit, that's molten tar. They're pouring on that guy. Yeah. It, <laughs> the uh, then they put him they put him on a rail, throw some feathers on him, and. Uh, because he was trying to trying to mess with uh, John Hancock about uh, taxes and tariffs on his uh, what well, he was the goods he was bringing off his ship. But yeah, that that's that movie, especially the first half of it. A lot of it's just a lot of tedious crap you gotta get through about you know what how trying to kiss the French ass and stuff like that. But the uh, especially the first two parts of it. Um, talking about uh, Lexington and Concord and talking about the initially with John, John Adams defending the, uh, the sold the British soldiers in the Boston massacre, uh, being their lawyer and, and getting them off. Um, it's, it's a really, it is a really good, uh, good movie, miniseries, whatever it is, especially for the tech being technically correct. Um, and, and the stuff they did, you know, the, them dealing with smallpox, getting smallpox vaccine vaccinations back the way they used to do it. Um, just a lot of good stuff in there. But it, you watch something like that and you look at the times we're in now. And on one hand, you're saying, man, I thank God that, you know, I think about with my small children and stuff and that the smallpox, you know, going through just ripping through towns and, and everything and, and uh, killing so many people and the way they, they were vaccinated back then, you know, cause their, their oldest daughter actually got smallpox pretty bad after, after that all the kids were, and the, the mother was vaccinated um, and they depict that. But uh, yep. Interesting times again. You know, who's got uh, all their vaccines and currently has COVID. 
my entire family right now. <laughs> ah. I thought you were going to say. I thought you were going uh, to say Bill Gates. He does too. He does. He does too. Yeah, but I'm saying, yeah, supposedly. I mean, it's you know, allegedly. I, I you know, that's the thing. I don't believe any. It's like the this stuff with China. People saying about oh, they're locked down and stuff. It's like okay, look, you know, it, it could very well be true, but at the same time. Remember all the videos coming out of China, right when all the COVID stuff started, all these people passing out in the street and falling and, and dying in the street and everything and making everybody scared shitless about what was, you know, what this supposedly was. And then, and now, of course, the flags are at half mass right now because of over a million people, Americans that have died from COVID. Okay. Yeah, that the that was just the side, the side that guy that died from the motorcycle accident he was in, and they tested him while they were you know, removing his organs because he was an organ donor. They tested him, and oh, oh, by the way, he tested positive for COVID, but he died from a motorcycle accident. <laughs> yeah, just all that bullshit. Hard to believe that was two and a half years ago. Yeah, time has flown, hasn't it? Yeah, tempus fugit. I spent the last, my I I spent two years of college taking classes in person and then two years taking classes remotely. I mean that shit <laughs> that shit was crazy. What an it was crazy. It was pure insanity. Yeah, man. It's good times. It was good times. Um so kind of shifted gears a little bit. Um of course Bear Shelves Edition, we were talking about early in the episode, um, the uh, all of the baby formula that is showing up, uh, crates of baby formula that is showing up to illegal invaders on the southern border, because that's exactly what they are. And I want to make something very clear here to, you know, any any quote unquote liberals that are going to hear this or decide to send me some hate mail or whatever. When you cross, I, I want to refer to you uh, to international law, okay? The laws of national boundaries, and it is an international agreement. You can look this up. Uh, the UN has quite a helpful page on it. When you cross the sovereign boundary from one country to another, and you are doing so with the express uh, non-permission of that said governing entity, you are an invader, okay? You are invading the country. So that's what they are. We're not going to call them migrants. We're not going to call them, you know, undocumented, undocumented. This is all leftist communist language. They're invaders. They are invading our country. Okay, we owe them nothing. And and this this is not xenophobic. This is not, you know, we're, we're going to other some people and whatever. No, this isn't any of that. This is, and, and I am 100% in favor of them coming here, immigrating here, but doing it the legal way. Apply for a visa and get over here. Get your butt over here. Man, America needs awesome people. We need people here. We need... Great folks coming in who bring something to the country, right? Who have skills, who have something, who want to work. Because Lord knows we got plenty of people in this country that damn well don't want to work. Uh, 
or do anything or be yeah. worth a damn. And I'm in favor of getting rid of them. We'll send them to wherever and we'll replace them. We'll get we'll we'll invite in people who do want to work and bring them in, but we're going to bring them in the legal way. Right. We're not just going to keep enabling this lawlessness on the border, which is exactly what it is. And it has a trickle up effect. OK, that is exactly what is occurring. And it's they're not people who are coming from Mexico. They are coming through Mexico, but they're coming from other places. And for a long time, there's El Salvadorans and Guatemalans and Hondurans and Nicaraguans and everybody else. Now they're coming specifically from South America, from places like Haiti. Right. They're coming from Eastern Europe. Tell me how and why Eastern Europeans from, you know, Romania and Moldova. Why are these people all of a sudden materializing on our southern border? Why are Iranians right? Why are Iranians showing up on our southern border? Hezbollah agents. And Nicolas Maduro is down there in Venezuela. He's making statements every day. He just took a picture. There was a picture of him that I put up on American Partisan where he has got a yellow Hezbollah revolutionary Islamic party flag behind him. It is draped behind him. And he is saying, this, yeah, I, yeah, we're, we're allies with Iran and we're going to destabilize the United States. He's openly saying this, folks. He's got the backing of the Russians and the Chinese. They're in on this and we're not doing a damn thing about it. But the best that we can do, well, you know, we've got we've got a nationwide shortage of all the stuff, but you know what? We're we're going to hand them well, you know, infant formula. Because I'm sorry, if if I do something to put my kids in harm's way, that makes me a bad parent. Okay, that makes me a bad parent. And if you've got newborn kids, maybe you should have kept your ass where you were. I mean, that's just, it's a fact. I mean, it's a fact. And anybody who's a parent that that actually values their kids knows this to be true. That you do not do things like cross the Rio Grande, right, coming off of a rainy season. You don't do that, man. But... You know, here we are. I just needed to get that off my chest because this is this is something that's really bothering me. You know, the border is the border should not be a political football. It should not be a a political issue that the the parties toss back and forth. It should be universally recognized that we have a sovereign border. Even the communist countries at the height of the Cold War, the Soviet Union, they spent a lot of money protecting their borders. You know, they spent a lot of money protecting their borders. There was this thing called the Iron Curtain across Germany. There was a big old wall that they put up across Berlin. They they took their border security pretty damn seriously. So why is ours wide open? You know, it's I mean, it, it it's mind boggling to me. It really is, man. It really, really is. And and we gotta get a handle on this. Because this is this is seriously it, it's so far out of hand now, and I'm telling you, the second and third order effect of this coming out of this, we ain't seen nothing yet. These are the good times right now. So you you honestly need to um, be stocking up on as much stuff as you can, man. The food the food shortages, the writing's on the wall. I mean, we're we're gonna know about the wheat harvest come this fall. We're going to know about that, and that's when things are really going to start to pick up. We'll see y'all. Yep.
Yeah, the uh, I agree. This the stuff with the formula. I mean, you know, <clears throat> I was uh, telling my wife today. I said, you know, between this Roe v. Wade stuff and the uh, and the formula thing, I said, you want to fuck with us? Fine. Don't fuck with our kids. Do not fuck with our kids. But my my wife and I are very fortunate that we, uh, even though we have an eight month old, <clears throat> she she uses very little formula. And my wife said, you know, she said I can't even imagine, you know, one of these you know, a family that that has a uh, a newborn or or you know infant the same same age as as our eight month old and still needs formula but but uses formula all the time that's that is dire and and you know <clears throat> i was talking to a uh mutual friend of our of ours from florida there earlier today scout and uh yeah he said um he said yeah he said uh he said i i have this funny thing i say about stuff like that you know i said because you know if they end up turning us into criminals that doesn't mean that we're more morally or ethically wrong um, but he said, yeah, he said, I take a, do a play on the old incredible Hulk. He said, don't make me a criminal. You won't like me as a criminal. And right. The, that's, that is very true because like I said, you know, criminality, that doesn't mean that you're not a moral ethical person. That just means that, you know, I mean, Anne Frank was a criminal. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, the, the, anybody that equates a, a person you know, being labeled a criminal um, as as being morally or ethically or socially wrong, um, that that's that's not necessarily the case. I mean, you know, for the most part in society, right. it is, especially you know, murder, rape, you know, theft. Yeah, th- those are crimes. But considering how many regulations are on the books, uh, I mean, God right. knows it's how much mala mala in say versus mala prohibitum. Yes. You know, it's, Correct. it's yeah. crimes, crimes that, you know, are bad, you know, you, you know, murder, yeah. you know, rape, you know, uh, theft, you, you know, you know that these are bad Our uh, moral code prohibits that, you know, and, and then you have the regulatory crimes. You have crimes that, that are, are a crime because they're a crime, uh, mal well, prohibitum. Yeah. Perfect example. So, 18th amendment banned alcohol. 21st Amendment said alcohol was okay again. In between the 18th and 21st Amendment, alcohol was illegal, and it was a, it was considered a serious crime to either make it, to, to even ingest it, or, or to sell it. Um, you know, I mean, hell, we're looking at them getting ready to make pot legal, but they're trying to uh, basically uh, run run tobacco uh, farmers out of existence, and because that's so bad, and then and the uh you know you can't get a you can't buy a firearm if you have a marijuana card but you i know plenty of people that don't have a marijuana card to have firearms that are that are drunks all the time and and probably shouldn't have a firearm because of because of how they act right they, they act drunk even when they're not they're irresponsible but but they say automatically you can't you can't buy a firearm. And I, the reason I found that out was a friend of mine that owns a range had a family come in for a family day. They were going to do some shooting, and everybody had to show an ID. Well, the one girl that 
she showed didn't have her driver's license, so she showed him her uh, her marijuana card. <laughs> and he oh said, my, darling, I'm sorry, but you you can't shoot here um, because in, in PA at least it's not it's not legal. And you and right. imagine you can't buy, buy a firearm federally uh, if you if you have one. But uh, I mean, I'm not sure about that. But they said, you know. Criminality doesn't doesn't mean you're you're wrong. Um, yeah, because that's just about per- perception at the time. And the winners write the history books too. So you know. Yeah. Oh, exactly, man. Exactly. Well, um, changing gears just a little bit because we got 25 minutes left on the clock, and a topic that you have written extensively about, and brother, be prepared in the comments section asked a very pressing question and one that I think that, that uh, we, we need to dedicate probably more time than 25 minutes to talking about, but we'll give it a good shot. Uh, the HK91 G3 PTR91 series, um, that, that platform versus the FAL. <laughs> oh, uh, um, just dropping, dropping right. the mic, man. Yeah. Well, okay. I love the M14 M1A. I love the FAL. I like the G3. Um, if I only had one to choose, it would be the G3 HK91 PTR91 rifle, because not only the the type of quote unquote gas system it has. But the robustness of the of the uh, uh, parts in it. Um, anybody that's ever, if you haven't taken one apart, it's kind of hard to describe it to you. But this thing is, it, it's it's tank worthy as far as the internals of it. Um, the and and it's very Spartan as far as how how many parts it actually has. I mean, the, the extractor in a, in, a, in an HK ninety one does not necessarily. It doesn't really extract the brass when it's fired. It extracts brass out when it's still a loaded loaded round, but the the action actually blows the brass out, out when it's been fired. FALs, the, the one thing I I don't like about the FAL, and and keep in mind, my eleven inch FAL would be my uh, my bug out gun. If I had to take something as as small and light, and I, I'm not going to use the term lightweight, small, compact, uh, with me that had a good bit of firepower, it'd be that 11 inch FAL with with the 30. I have a bunch of 30 round mags. But um, the downside of the FAL is you have to set the gas system to the to the load you're using. Now, if you're lucky. You'll get a good, moderate ball load that that might be the same as others, but you know all ball is not equal. Um, Cavum is very hot. Cavum ball ammo is very hot. Yep. Um, I found that out shooting it in an M1A, and I was shooting it with a gas system off, uh, just you know because I didn't want to have my brass tossed all over the place, and I found out you you can't. You couldn't. I couldn't eject the brass without popping the butt on the ground while pulling down on the bolt handle on the cabin because it's it's a hot hot load and it's ball. Um, 
if you do not set that correctly, the I mean it's eleven position gas gas system. If you don't set it correctly, it'll be too uh, the the port will be open too much, and you won't have reliable ejection, um, extraction and ejection. And if you set it too tight, your your bolt carrier will be slamming into your receiver very harshly. Number one, it, it the the minor part of that is recoil is is harsher, but it's it's damaging going to damage the gun. Um, the I have actually seen uh, had a bolt crack straight across the face on a FAL. Um, the you know that's the only time I've ever seen that, uh, but I've seen that happen and. If if you look at the face of an FAL bolt, it's there's not a whole lot there as far as mass, like especially if you compare it to the H and K. Uh, the M14 has has more. Um, but speaking of the M14, I was talking to our mutual friend who has more time on an M14 and an M21 than anybody I can think of, let alone know. <clears throat> he. Uh, yeah, I told him. I said one of, one of the downsides of the M1A M14. Yeah, <laughs> one of the downsides of that is um, that I have seen had happened was the extractors pop straight up out of the bolt into the grass right next to me. Now I couldn't find it at the time. I went back with a magnet and found it, but uh, I had I knew about that particular problem. From an article I had read in American Survival Guide when I was like 15, because they were testing an arm score M14, and it had it happen while they were testing it. So I've always had an extra uh, extractor, um, and and those parts in in the buttstock with the cleaning kit, and that's what I did that day. My buddy's like, "Oh, well, I guess we're done." I said, "Nope, hold on," and I put it back together. And all now our friend said when he was running that range for the M21, he said he would have a pocket full of bolt parts for that very reason, because that was a very common thing. That's a pretty big deal because it you can't even use it as a single shot if that happens and you lose your extractor and don't have another one to replace it. Um, and, but like I said, I love the M14. I love the FAL. The FAL is, it's a very... Um, it's a very intuitive weapon. Even being a lefty, you know, I have no. I I run the charging handle just like uh, right-handers do the charging handle on an AK, uh, except that hole has a bolt hold open. Um, and the way I I when I reload a magazine, my finger's right there for the bolt release, so I don't even have to recharge it, per se, like I do with an H and K. Um, but uh, yeah, I, the H&K is more inherently accurate as a strictly battle rifle than the FAL. The FAL is usually, if you're lucky, it's a two MOA gun. Um, I've had, had one or two that shot a little bit better than that. Um, and one of the reasons was I had uh, DSA. They, they say they still make it, but it, they haven't sold them, had them for sale in years. The ambidextrous selector safety selector had a set screw in it so you could set the uh your, your trigger you could you could give it a pretty decent decent trigger pull and travel um but yeah the 
Um, FAL, if you get if you only you're only using one load, and and you know that's all you're going to be using, and you set it to it, you know, put it, get it to it where it's it's extracting them, and ejecting them uh, correctly, and open it up two more po positions, and and you should be good. Um, I always have a a uh, buffer in the receiver right behind the bolt carrier uh, on them, and uh, they they do fine. Um, I just the the HK series is just it's more robust, it's more inherently accurate, and for me, and especially since I put that Bill Springfield trigger in that one with the match barrel, I mean it's shooting near three quarter MOA at two hundred meters with one seventy five grain match, and that's that's the furthest I've shot it so far. Um, but and Bill said, <clears throat> you know, H and K rifles, PTRs, one and a half MOA is is pretty common for what he's done and he's been working on those guns for over 30 years so and it's one yeah the prices the H hk stuff is cheaper <clears throat> mags six six to seven dollars for brand new aluminum mags rifles are about two to three hundred dollars cheaper than the comparable uh rifle in in the m1a or the fal um it's heavier than an ar ar10 but i just I have a hard time trusting the AR-10s just because, one, they haven't all got on the same sheet of music like they have with AR-15s as far as manufacturers. Right. And uh, because I actually – I bought a firing pin, extra firing pin for that Saint that I have, and it, supposedly it was going to work. Well, guess what? I had to turn it down a little bit with a uh, with a Dremel because there was a little bit of a, of a shoulder uh, on it that it wouldn't work in the gun. And I, I just – you know, and people say, "Oh, we'll just buy it from the manufacturer." Well, that's that's easily a lot easier said than done most of the time. Most of the time, you get spare parts for your guns. You're not necessarily getting them from a manufacturer. Um, usually, they're going to cost more. And two, that the availability, from what I've seen, the, the only place I've really seen where availability wasn't as much of an issue was CMMG. Um, they they well, I I can't speak to now. This is a, as of a year and a half ago when I was buying uh, spares for my uh, 45 Banshee. But, uh, <clears throat> yeah, I, I just I just wish the manufacturers would all get on the same sheet of music with the AR-10 because they could really do something with it. And and if people say, that, oh, well, just go with a piston AR-10, well, it, I thought the, the reason you said the AR-10 was so great was how much lighter it was than the, than the G3 rifle. Well, I mean, I've... The only piston AR-10s I've shot were LWRCs, and they ain't light. No. So, uh, well, I mean, if you if you're going to 308, there there's a weight penalty. Period. Like period. Course, yeah. End of story. There's no such thing as a lightweight 308. You don't want a lightweight 308 anyway. Um, exactly. I mean, you know, semi-automatic rifle. I I don't know. It just doesn't. Um if if you're there's no such thing as a free lunch if if you're going semi-auto with 762 by 51 you you better be hitting the bench you know you're you you eat your wheaties right take take uh take take your super x test you know i i just want to give a shout out real quick uh you know super, super male <laughs> testosterone 
uh, you know, testosterone. I, I just want to say uh, it's a full 360 win. <laughs> that was the 20 inch Barrett 107, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, man, I, I agree though. That's total, that, full yeah, 360 man. win, total 360 win, all around. Uh, you know it, and and the globalists don't want you to have a 20 <laughs> Barrett rifle that you are doing everything with. They fear that. They don't. They do not want you to have that. So, you know, I, I was out elk hunting with Joe Rogan, and. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but you're—I mean, you're right. There. It's, any 308 that's worth its salt is right. is going to be a nine-pound yeah. gun. Yeah, it's—I mean, that's just you know, and and the <laughs> one guy in the comments uh, on one of my posts was saying the about the the flimsy sheet metal receiver and putting that claw scope mount on. It's like. Dude, they were putting that claw scope mount on those rifles for decades. And there wasn't people talking about, oh, it pinched the receiver and all. And like I said, there, there's a shear pin in those mounts. The the arms number one mount, there's a shear pin that you can't put more than a certain amount of pressure on or it'll shear off. Ask me how I know. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, the... It, it's... The receiver thickness of a of a the PTR ninety one is the same as an RPK or a a three hundred eight AK one and a half millimeters and and you oh my goodness the PTR shits where it eats but yet you're talking all this praise about AR fifteens so like I said in the post it's like do you even direct gas impingement bro. Yeah, I, I think all those debates are cute. It's it's like, you know, we're gonna we're gonna debate over the veracity of one firearm over another. Like, right? All right. I mean, they they've all been in service for how long now? Like, they, there's a reason that they they have staying power. Yeah, that that and the FAL I mean, dominated our uh, um Africa in three hundred eight. Yeah, we had AKs, G threes, FALs. That that was that was pretty much it, and and uh, you know then the South Africans got their their Galils, but they were five five six, um, and you know it, it's it, have a rifle that you can shoot that you know you, you you can shoot for a long time that has has a reputation you that you have proven to yourself that it that it runs good, you know. Make sure it has an effective flash flash suppressor on it. Has decent sights. That's one of the things. My one of my favorite things about the PTR the HK series is the sights. Like I just told you, I I got a set of HK sights for my 45 Banshee uh, when I found out that they were available. Um, I love the diopter sights. They're simple. They're a pain in the ass to adjust initially. You have to have a tool, but once you do it, they're dead nuts on and they're pretty robust. Um, have good sights, you know, decent ergonomics. You know, the HK's ergonomics or whatever you make of it because it's such a modular gun. That was what I was trying to point out in that last post on it. And, you know, and Bill, it was funny because when I talked to Bill Springfield, he said, yeah, I really like that Magpul uh, safety. I said, do the ambidextrous one? He said, yeah, because it's long enough. You can easily reach it without shifting your, your grip at all. 
I said, yep, that's, that's what I've been using. And, uh, because that's a problem with a lot of safeties period, let alone ambidextrous safeties is a lot of people, they have to adjust the shift their grip a tiny, just maybe a tiny bit or maybe a lot to switch off the safety. And you shouldn't have to do that. You should not have to do that. You should be able to have it right there. I mean, or just carry the way I always carried an M16. And as a lefty, my thumb sat on the top of my selector on the left side of the yeah. gun. Yeah. I mean, that's, it worked. I mean, hell, I still habitually do that because it was it's such a muscle memory thing. But, uh, yeah, it's, I mean, just have a gun that, that you know works. I mean, it's M1A, FAL, G3. They, they all work. Just make <laughs> right. a reputable manufacturer. DSA, Springfield, yeah. Bolton Armory, PTR. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're, you're getting a, a great rifle. Um, <clears throat> just a couple minutes left on the clock. Johnny paratrooper, you're still in the house, man. Uh, any, any thoughts on any of that? Um, wow. You know, I think, um, you're going to get your best results from a well-maintained weapon, you know, yep. don't, don't neglect it. You know, don't, um, don't, you know, first of all, you know, these, these out of the box tests you see on YouTube. I mean, it's like, bro, you didn't even like check to see if there was a bore obstruction. Like what the fuck? Like, but there's also like cutting oil and the releasing oil or releasing yeah. fluid from that cold hammer forging on the, on the mandrel, uh, to, to put the, the, um, lands and grew the rifling into the barrel. Uh, so you need to, you need to run a few patches through your barrel before you shoot it. Cause like, um, you know, my friend got a brand new Garand and we were shooting it and, um, and he paid a pretty penny for this thing. And, um, but th this was some years ago and it was group, it was shooting like eight inch groups at a hundred. And he, he, you know, he was a little disappointed. I was like, it's, it's probably the ammo, um, but you know, let's clean the gun and uh, and you know, probably probably tighten up. It'd probably be a, a two MOA, one MOA, two MOA gun, and it certainly yeah. was. And that and uh, doing a proper it, barrel break in, man. Yeah, you know, and there's a proper um, there's a barrel break in procedure and. You don't you don't see that whenever you're looking at at online reviews that you know the the YouTube guys that you know oh yeah I got this rifle from so and so and such and such and it's like all right you know did you do a barrel break in on it no well I mean I don't know so much for your review man yeah and then they're bitching about three inch groups at a hundred yards yeah which is really not i mean that's not something that a three m way gun i mean in, in this day and age with everything being cnc machined and everything three m away i think is uh less than acceptable to me but mm -hmm. traditionally speaking though like in in the days of of everything being that wasn't that long ago of everything being done on a three-phase mill a three M Y gun really isn't that terrible. Um, 
you know, in, in the big picture of things. And I mean, is something that I always point out, you know, and just pointed out in this last scout course, I me, mean, how many people out there are three MOA shooters? You know, how, how good right. of a shot are you? Because that's, that's an important question. You know, how, how good of a shooter are you? Can, can you um, keep up? with your your weapons capability and and you know in most cases out there unless you have somebody who has a lot of time uh behind some glass they're usually not that good especially in the beginning but that that doesn't mean it doesn't mean that you're not lethal and that you're not gonna make hits on man-sized targets out the distance because you absolutely will you know you absolutely will and and we proved that you know, we prove that every class. Um, so with just five minutes left on the clock, I had a rather uh, four minutes to be specific. I had a rather unique, uh, unique request in the comments section. Somebody asked if Macho Man Randy Savage would be able to make his way in here. Huh. Oh, yeah. Well, it seems as though Macho Man Randy Savage cream of the crop coming in as a survivalist coming in from the dead oh yeah huh well you gotta think you gotta think mean gene look back at everything that i've survived wrestlemania 3 coming in oh yeah baby now the great superpowers all together coming back we're gonna survive survive anything Gonna rise to the top. Oh yeah. Snap oh, it to it. <laughs> oh man. Somebody else asked if I could do a Clint Smith. I ain't gonna do that. I ain't gonna do that. Clint, Clint, Clint's a legend, man. Clint is a legend. He's still alive and he will kill you. He, he, Clint, Clint Smith's still alive. Let me tell you something, you little son of a bitch. <laughs> Maybe because you you put on a, a 1911 and, and and you got a gravelly voice that, that you you know you could just you could just pop in here you can say whatever you want. <laughs> was, oh, was he the one that took that guy? That guy said his holster wasn't working. He said, "Well, let me see it." And he took the holster from him and he he like put it on the ground and stomped on it because it was a it was a piece <laughs> of shit plastic holster. And he's like, "Now now now it's a work now it'll work." Yeah, yeah. I mean, Uncle Mike's holster to class or something, you know. Yeah, it was was that, or it was a Serpa or something that. uh, it might have been Phobos. Oh, uh, Serpa holsters, man. Serpa holsters. Just another uh, conversation for another day. Mags in the (laughs) conversation. Ultimate Warrior. Crush the plane. Crush the plane. Forget Ultimate Warrior. (laughs) Roid Rage. Roid Rage. Right there. Anyway. Guys, it has been an absolute honor being back on the air with you after two weeks. We will be on the air next Thursday once more and i've got some really cool interviews lined up coming up this weekend a mountain of content that is going to be coming out a bunch of lessons from the farm the paid patron content that will be up as well there's going to be a whole lot of stuff coming out 
Look forward to getting it cranked out. Look forward to interacting with all of you. Brushfeeder.org slash training calendar for the calendar. Those dates come to class. Get some training. Really looking forward to all of it. AmericanPartisan.org, your daily source for news and links from alternative corners of the internet for myself and all of the other guys in here in the virtual green dragon tavern it has been an honor to be here with you god bless stay safe we'll be talking to you next thursday zancy scout out